You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I'm very excited to be talking about some flirting styles. So I was doing some research lately. And I always like to see what the scientific community has to say about dating, attraction, flirting, mating, all that good stuff. And I found a really interesting, uh, not article, an actual study that was done. And it's funny because I feel like I've seen them all, but this one was new to me. I think it's been around for a few years now. And I'll even link in the show notes a link so you can check it out if you want to read it. I know sometimes these studies can be a little dry, a little boring to go through, but this one is from March 2015 and it's titled The Verbal and Nonverbal Correlates of the Five Flirting Styles. So what I want to do on today's episode is I want to go over some of those flirting styles because I think that there's something for us to learn from directly from you know what the actual study is saying, but also some indirect stuff, stuff that I just want to be able to discuss with you. So I'm going to read some parts of this study, go over these five flirting styles, and then, like I said, try to give you some tips on how you can implement them and so you can understand better how flirting works and also why it's so powerful. Real quick, if you have not rated the podcast, it would be great to hear from you. There is a rating system on Apple Podcasts. There's also one on Spotify. So wherever you're listening to this episode, we'll definitely like a rating because it's good to bump up those numbers. Yeah, that's right. We bump up those numbers. We spread the podcast far and wide and more great guys like you can hear the podcast and learn about it. So would love a review. I read every single one of them that comes through the bad ones, the good ones and everything in between. So hit me up on Apple podcasts or Spotify and leave a review. Thanks so much. And I ask because sometimes people forget and they, some people don't even know that it's possible and it is. So check it out. Also, sometimes it's nice to see an example of what flirting looks like. Well, I have a course called Infield Breakdown, which I believe I talked about on one of the recent podcasts, and I've also talked about it on previous ones as well. Infield Breakdown is an amazing course because it actually shows you infield footage of me flirting with women and going out into the field. So you will see it real hand. What does flirting look like? How do you pass her tests? How do you be more polarizing? How do you get her attention? How do you get her number? What are you supposed to text her afterwards? You see it all clearly and broken down into multiple videos. I'm going to put a link for you in the show notes. You should check it out. Honestly, I think I'm, I won't say most proud, but I'm pretty damn proud of this course one of the more uh, most proud I am of, of my courses only because, man, it was hard to film. Let me just tell you, it's one thing going out there and talking to women and getting numbers. That's a whole skill set on its own. But the skill set to be able to record that is something else. I'll tell you right now. We're, we're talking 
real undercover stuff. I have a headset in so I can talk to my videographer who's running across the street trying to get me going and doing the approaches and record at the right time and make sure it's not shaky. It was insane, but it was great to record it. And more importantly, it's going to help you a lot because you can emulate what I do and you can see it in action. So check that out. Link is in the show notes. If you want to get that highly recommend that you do. Now let's go into the five flirting styles from the Journal of Nonverbal Behavior. This is back in March 2015. Two authors, Jeffrey A. Hall and Chong Zing. And like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes if you actually want to check it out. But we'll do some summarizing. Okay, so real quick, what are the five flirting styles? There's physical, there's traditional, there's sincere, there's polite, and playful. Now let me read a quick expert excerpt from this study, okay? It says this, each flirting style was correlated with behaviors linked to the conceptualization of that style, colon, more conversational fluency for physical flirts, more demure, which means like kind of shy, more demure behaviors for traditional female flirts and more assertive and open behaviors by traditional male flirts, less fidgeting, teasing, and distraction, and more smiling for sincere flirts, more reserved and distancing behavior by polite flirts, and more obviously engaging and flirtatious behaviors by playful flirts. So again, I'm going to go over this a little bit slower because this is describing all five of the different flirting styles. One of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up is because I think that there is something to be learned from each one of these styles that you can start to implement. Okay, so we'll give you examples in just a bit, but again, let's break this down. So it says, more conversational fluency for physical flirts. And then it says, this is really interesting. Sounds kind of obvious, but when you really break it down, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what's happening, right? So it says more demure, like shy, more demure behaviors for traditional female flirts and more assertive and open behaviors by traditional male flirts. So that means that you're going to get more subtle type of flirting, not very overt from the women, which is something that I've been teaching here for a long time. You're going to see when a female flirts with you that it's not her necessarily maybe giving you a compliment or showing that serious interest, right? It's more demure, more shy. And then the traditional male flirting, which I also talk about and teach you here in the podcast, is having a more, I mean, just like it says, a more assertive way of flirting. Then it says, for sincere flirting, less fidgeting, teasing, and distraction. So that means that that's going to be more of open flirting. You're not going to be busy twiddling your thumbs or a lot of women will, will play with their necklace. And they even kind of play their necklace to the point where you can see like a little bit of red on their neck. So if you ever see a little bit of red on a girl's neck, it means that maybe she's a little shy, maybe that she's a little bit nervous. And then it says more reserved and distancing behavior by polite flirts. Obviously, right? A polite flirt is going to be something where you're not going to be so overt there as well. And we're obviously engaging in flirtatious behaviors by playful flirts. So these are all different types. Now, I want to read something word for word that came from this study as well. 
Okay, so listen to this. The five flirting styles are physical, traditional, sincere, polite, and playful. The physical flirting style measures the degree to which individuals are comfortable and confident when expressing their romantic interest in a potential partner using their physicality. Individuals high on the physical style are able to detect the romantic interest of others and are capable of clearly conveying their own interest. So I'll stop here for, for a second. That's really interesting because... I know that when I was learning how to be more physical in my flirtation, so that means breaking the touch barrier, whether that's like a light high five or some sort of handshake or bringing her in for a hug, I was absolutely more aware of the flirting that was going on from the woman anytime she broke the touch barrier with me. So that was something I was really leaning in on in terms of the indicators of interest. Okay, let's continue. It says, those high in the traditional style believe that men should make the first move and women should not pursue men during courtship. Those low in the traditional style believe that it does not matter who initiates a relationship. They are less constrained by gender role scripts in courtship. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. So that's traditional type of flirting. I believe that generally speaking, you are more likely to be in a situation with a woman where you are going to have that very traditional type of courtship. You do have a lot more women these days, especially modern women who are a little bit more in touch with, I wouldn't say masculinity, but just super confident and less shy about the way that they are in their sexuality. So I have come across over the past decade, some women who will be a little bit more overt like that, who will pursue, who will make the first move. But let me tell you right now, gentlemen, it is so rare that you're ever going to have that. Remember, guys, when you're going out there, you're generally going to be having a traditional style of courtship, meaning women are going to be allowing you and wanting you to make that first move. So even though there are women out there who are doing that, don't wait for them to do that. You need to be making that first move because most of the time, nothing ever happens. So I do believe that still these days, even with everything that's happening with feminism, they are still waiting for men to make that move. Okay, so just note that. Let's continue. It says, those who are high, so now we're going to talk about sincere. Those who are high in the sincere flirting style convey romantic attraction through emotional connection and showing sincere interest in potential partners, which is a common and preferred tactic for initiating a romantic relationship. Okay, so what does this mean? What I would interpret from this, an emotional connection, is really when you're talking to a person, and I say this a lot also here at TripAdvice, is when you're having that emotional connection, it's going to be a connection where you two feel like you're actually getting to know each other. I talk about this in my book, Magnetic. There's a chapter that goes into the 36 questions that make a woman fall in love with you because they did a study, this is a separate study, on people getting together and asking each other specific questions that are based in emotion rather than facts. And they've proven through that study that people actually felt closer to each other. So there's something to be said on flirting on the emotional connection, which means that you guys are not just having your generic small talk, but really getting to know each other. That's how I interpret it. Next, it says the polite style. So the polite style reflects a cautious and rule-governed approach to courtship. 
proper manners, non-sexual communication, and less forward behaviors are privileged because they are felt to be more desirable and appropriate ways to communicate attraction by polite flirts. Respect for the potential partner is privileged and direct and assertive tactics are eschewed. That's one of the ones I don't teach because I don't want any women to be confused about what's happening between you and her. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean to be impolite. You don't want to be overly aggressive, overly aggressive rarely works in itself. I would imagine that some of the polite flirting is going to be done by very subtle signs. So the most subtle sign I would imagine in polite flirting is going to be when a woman and a man are just showing attention. So they're not showing any kind of direct attraction by any means, not breaking the touch barrier, not saying compliments, not even maybe getting to know each other at a deeper level, but just showing that attention. Sometimes this gets confused for attraction as well. Some guys think, well, this girl's paying attention to me, so she must be interested. They almost don't even know it, but they're, they're taking the attention from a woman as a polite flirt. But in some cases, it's not. So just got to be really careful there. Next. Finally, the playful flirting style is a fun, self-esteem enhancing style of flirting. Those high in the playful style flirt for instrumental motivations and use flirting as a means to attain personal, non-relational goals. What I would interpret that is someone who's just always kind of being playful and flirting and just being fun. So <laughs> we come across this quite a bit. You know that one girl who's really flirty, or maybe yourself. Some guys have always been just a little bit flirtatious. They're just a flirty person. And it's not necessarily to get something done in terms of attraction. Like it's almost not for attraction. It's just being playful because they're a playful person. I absolutely want you to embody the playful style of flirting. And you should be embodying that playful style of flirting for the women that you're interested in. Okay, so now that we're done reading all this study, uh, we can talk about what this all means and what they concluded, which was very interesting. What they ended up concluding was that basically there are a variety of ways to communicate attraction. So that means that there's not one way, but all these various ways that people are coming together to be able to flirt. Now I know for some people that might seem kind of obvious, right? It's like, uh, yeah, we knew that there was all those ways. But one of the points that I want to try to make from this study and to you on this episode is understanding that all of these on some level should be utilized. All this should be utilized. And that's what's going to help your flirting game. We want to communicate to women as many ways as possible this idea of attraction through these ways of flirting because every single one might hit at a different level depending on the woman that you're talking to because like I said earlier, we want to make sure that this woman knows that you are attracted to her in that very subconscious way. And that is the whole essence of flirting that I don't think that people always understand. 
They think that flirting is maybe showing a lot of direct interest, but flirting, the actual definition of that means that you are doing something lightly, i.e. flirting with death, like you're almost there, but you're not there all the way. And this is what makes it powerful. When you come on too strong, which I would not say flirting is, so coming on way too strong, being too aggressive, maybe touching her too much, giving her too many compliments, showing too much interest, asking her too many questions, all of that is so aggressive and too assertive that it actually turns the woman off. The only exception to that is maybe if she's already super physically attracted to you, you have some sort of status, but even then I would argue that that would come off unattractive. So meaning, let's take an example of someone who has a really high status, really attractive, you know, like a Leonardo DiCaprio, Harry Styles, whoever you want. Those guys will attract most women because of their status, because of their looks, because of their talent. But even if that guy comes off too aggressive, I guarantee you it will still turn a woman off to some degree. Maybe not enough for her to be like, all right, I'm not interested anymore because of how high status that person is. But the more aggressive you are, the worse it's going to be for you. That's why it has to be really light, which is what flirting is in essence. And using all these different styles are going to be to your advantage. Again, let's go through them again one by one so you can learn how you will be able to actually implement them to be flirting with the women that you're talking to. So you have physical touch. Now, this is one that I don't think is absolutely necessary. And I say that because I also think that it can go wrong a lot easier uh, depending on how much practice you have. But physical flirting can be very simple. One of my favorite moves to do physical flirting, which is not something you're normally going to do with a friend, and that's why it comes off more powerful than it sounds like it is, is just a super light touch on her arm, her elbow, forearm, bicep, just any of that area when you're exclaiming some sort of point or reacting to what she says and doing it either with the back of your hand or just a light grasp on the shoulder, something like that communicates to her, okay, this conversation now is more than just talking. We're breaking that touch barrier and she might see that through the actual touch, right? So physical flirting is big. If you want to go more advanced with it, and I only say advanced, not because it's difficult, but it just takes a level of awareness to know when you're going to be able to do this one is a mid-conversation hug. And what I'm talking about here, by the way, with all of this flirting, all this flirting is happening usually on some sort of initial approach or potentially on a first date where you guys are just getting to know each other. But a lot of this still mainly with that first approach, if you're talking to a woman at a party, at a bar, or something like that. But yes, still a lot of these can be used on a date, of course. I just say that the difference between those two is a date, there's already some level of attraction there. So while you do want to flirt, and it is important, it's going to be extremely important on the very initial approach. Like the time when there's not even a date set, when it's just two strangers talking, that's when it's going to be so crucial, which is why I talk more about flirting in the sense of meeting someone in person, because it's like, well, yeah, that's fine. It's good to do on the first date and you want to, but you need to be focusing on that one part because if you don't focus more of the flirting on that initial approach and interaction, 
then you might get in the friend zone. And that's what we're trying to avoid. We want to avoid friend zone, but also we want to escalate to the point where she knows that you're flirting with her. So then when you ask her out, she knows what's going on. And this all builds attraction. Okay, next is traditional flirting, which just means that you're going to be the pursuer. Simple enough. You're going to be the one who's not going to wait for her to flirt. You are going to be the one to be doing the actions that are discussed here, right? Traditional means the male is usually doing it versus the female who's doing it, which of course we already went over. And then there's more sincere flirting, which just means you're not showing signs of shyness or, you know, being all cute and kind of being reserved. It's going to be more direct. When I say more direct, I even mean more intentional. This will probably come with some sort of form of a compliment. This is the one that I don't usually love. I don't want guys using too many compliments because I just think that women are getting compliments way too much and they don't have the same effect. So when you're complimenting and showing that very overt interest where it's like there's no there's nothing more overt than a compliment, right? Like that is the number one. Maybe past that might be saying to a girl that you like her. But that's not flirting because that's so overt. So the compliments, doing something like that, it's going to have less impact than doing some of these more subtle flirts. Then there's polite flirting. We're not going to use any of this. This is not for you. Polite flirting is just not enough. It's like the bare minimum, just showing attention. So while you know you're already doing that, you don't need to focus on that one. Then you have playful Playful hands down is the one that I teach the most because it's the most important because that one is showing that you can be fun. You're teasing her a little bit. You're kind of poking at her a little bit. You're making the conversation more interesting. This one is for guys who are super charismatic and that's why I push this one the most because you can really only be charismatic to be more playful. People who are generally not charismatic are not as playful. So combining all this together, you become super attractive to the woman, not only because you're being charismatic, but also because you are flirting inside of all of that. So, all right, we just dissected a bunch of these different flirting styles. Like I said, if you want to go into the show notes, you can check out the link and you can read it for yourself if you want to dissect each one of those. Or... Even more importantly, you can start implementing some of these flirting styles, right? I don't want you to almost uh, over-research it because then you might get in your head too much and we don't want that. So my advice to you is take one of these styles, the ones that I've talked about that really work, and see what you can do with it the next time you're talking with a woman. So some of those can be just a playful touch on the arm, could be a little bit of a tease, showing interest by just talking to her and building that emotional connection by asking deeper questions and getting to know her and what she likes and how she feels about things, talking about things on the emotional level versus the factual level. For example, instead of being like, oh, so where'd you go to school? She goes, oh, I went to you know Arizona State. And you say, cool. What do you do for work now? It's like, eh, we're bored, right? Oh, you went to Arizona State. How'd you like that? Was it cool? Was it fun? I heard that's a party school. You must have been wasted like every day, right? Again, that's a combination of being playful, a little teasing, but also building a little bit more of an emotional connection versus just getting the facts. So we use some of those, help to build attraction with the women that we're talking to. If you guys want to email me, you can email me trip at tripadvice.com. 
and you can email me a question. Put in the subject line podcast question and I'll answer it here on the podcast. And we're going to do that right now. So here is one from Michael. Hi, Tripp. I had a weird summer where I was feeling unworthy and taking what I could get, he puts in quotes. I decided to take a break and search for material that spoke to me in terms of feeling wanted and how to increase attraction from the women I was attracted to. I was attracting women that I wasn't into, but because I was needy, I would put up with bad behavior or my boundaries being crossed because it was better than nothing. I did a lot of work with therapy and stumbled on your podcast and bought your book, Magnetic. I listened to old episodes and new ones and listened to your book on Audible. Recently, I've been getting better at calling out the bad behavior and the attractiveness of my dates has improved. I'm seeing a slow change in myself and I think it's good for my self-esteem and to feel that I'm worthy of a loving and sexy woman. Unfortunately, the dating process is, as you say, a numbers game, but that numbers game is starting to feel enjoyable for the first time. All this is the backstory to say, thank you for the work you do, man. You are helping people in a big way. I was refreshed to find a male dating coach that is not a chauvinist, but calls things as they are. Once more, thank you, Michael. This is not a question. Uh, okay, that's not a question, but thank you. I know that my assistant, Joe, likes to sneak these in, and I appreciate that he did. So what can we learn from this? Well, I'll say a few things right now. What we can learn from this is that you need to have the right standards and you should not be taking crap from women and be treated in a way that is going to allow you to be a pushover. And let me say that two things will come out of that. One, you will end up being more attractive to her. And two, you're going to end up being with the woman that you're actually looking for. So Michael, that's awesome. You're the man. And thanks for letting me know. Thanks for writing in. All right, this one is from Nathan. Hey, Tripp, my name is Nathan, and I've been a listener for a while now. I have a question for you. I live in Georgia now, and I grew up in Arizona. Since I'm not from around here, most of my friends are from work. And here's the problem. All the guys I work with are married and don't really go out very often anymore. So when I go out hoping to meet women, I'm usually by myself. Whenever I'm at a bar, I feel like that loner creep that's looking around the bar for girls to hit on. I usually end up realizing that I'm the only person that is there by themselves and then leaving. What do I do to get past this? How do I make it look like I'm not there alone trying to pick up chicks? Nathan. Nathan, great question. And I think it's a great question because I had the exact same experience. I remember too, very clearly, it is, it is a, it's like a movie in my head like I've seen over and over the time that I went out alone for the very first time. I remember exactly what the bar looked like, the layout. I'll do my best to explain. The bar was basically, it was like a dance club slash bar. I wouldn't call it like a heavy, intense club, but much room for dancing. And the bar was in the back. It wasn't that big of a place. And so I get in there, I'm completely sober. And it's just super scary to be there sober and trying to talk to women and not having anyone to talk to except for, well, people that you might talk to and have to approach or be the bartender. So I go all the way to the back. I go to the bar because where else am I going to stand? I get 
a glass of water because at this time I was not drinking alcohol so I could learn how to properly meet women. And I just remember leaning against the bar and feeling that exact same uncomfortableness. Five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by. I haven't talked to a single person. And of course, the anxiety just keeps creeping and creeping and creeping. And uh, it was just absolutely terrible. So I almost left. And then I said, wait, hold on. I can't leave. Why? Because I know that I want to learn this. I know that I'm not going to give up on this. So if I leave now, I'll eventually have to be in this exact same position again. So why don't I just take advantage of it now? This is me just trying to like use as much logic as possible to argue for why I should not leave that place, even though it was really scary. So I remember the first thing I did was there was a couple girls next to me and I just started a conversation asking them something about what they were drinking. It wasn't really important, but just starting that conversation, just really super small talk. And while that helped, it wasn't the best conversation. So it was still a little bit nerve wracking. And then I was like, you know what? Let me go outside. There was a patio. Let me just get a little bit of a new environment here. So I go to the patio and within about 30 seconds, I just started talking to the first women that I was in front of. Started a conversation with them. Now juices were flowing, starting to feel some more of that uh, social power because I got some of these warmups out of the way. And then this is where it gets a little blurry as much as I remember exactly what the bar looked like. Somewhere within the hour, I ended up in conversation with a girl that I actually ended up taking home that night. And this is something that, again, would never have happened if I didn't go out alone and push myself. So you're asking, Nathan, how do you get past this? Learn from what I did. First of all, understand this. You think people are looking at you. They're actually not looking at you. Now, I don't want to say this to you to make an excuse not to be talking to people, but at least to comfort you a little bit. When you go to a bar, the only time you're really going to be looking at people is if you're probably alone. Think about that for a second. If you're with friends, which most people are, okay, they might scan the room a little bit, but they're not going to be like, whoa, that guy's just been sitting there. He's not talking to anybody. They don't give a shit. They're in their own little world, doing their own little thing. It does not matter to them. The only person who would be witnessing this, again, would be a guy like you who's so intent. But even that person like you, you're not looking at one person staring at them. You're looking at everybody. So bottom line is no one is really paying attention to you. Now, to your next question. How do you make it look like you're not there alone trying to pick up chicks? The answer that no one wants to hear, you got to start talking to girls. When you go into the bar or the social event or wherever you're at, you need to have conversations immediately. You don't wait on this. And I learned this too, because that was one of my first times going out alone. But as I went out alone or with people, it doesn't even matter. Anxiety will build. Imagine this for a second. Let's imagine a, uh, a glass, okay? And imagine I'm about to pour water in the glass and the water represents your anxiety level. If you go into a place where you want to talk to strangers, what's going to happen is your anxiety level is going to rise. So as long as you take 
to go and approach someone, imagine you're pouring that glass of water and it keeps going up and up and up and up. The anxiety keeps going up and up and up and up. And the second that you start talking to someone, imagine you take that glass of water and you spill a little bit out. Every time you talk to someone, your anxiety is going to go down a little bit. You want to keep that glass empty. This is one of the only times you're ever going to hear that you want the glass empty. But in this analogy, you do. You don't want any water in that glass. Water represents anxiety and it gets filled and filled and filled as long as you are not talking to anybody. So what happens is because your glass is getting filled with anxiety, you need to go into the place and you need to start conversations with anyone as fast as you can. Even if you mess up, even if you don't know what to say, just have a can opener to go in and start talking to people. Even if it's the bartender, even if it's a guy, a group of dudes, whoever, it needs to happen as fast as possible. And then guess what? The person at the bar who's talking to people will never look like they're going there to pick up chicks. Now, I get a lot of guys who say, well, what if you're talking to the women and then they say to you, where are your friends? It's very simple. And I've used this line way too many times, which is great. And it worked out every single time I used it. Girl asks where your friends are. You just say, you know what? I came out alone tonight. I just wanted to get out of the house. I've never had a problem with that because at that point that she's asking you that, you guys are already in enough conversation where she knows that you're a cool guy. Very rarely do you go up to a, a girl and in two seconds she goes, where are your friends, right? That's not happening. So when you go up there and you're talking to her and you even, I would say that's an indicator of interest. If a girl's like, well, where are your friends at? She's showing enough care and attention to you that she even is asking that. So all you gotta do is say, I just came out alone tonight and then switch topics. Nobody cares. She doesn't care. This is actually probably a more attractive thing to her because it shows that you're not afraid, that you can just go out and have a good time. So you can't lose by saying that. So Nathan, great question. And I know that it might be tough when your friends are married or they're just too shy to go out, but you can do it. Listen to those mindsets. All right, next question. Hi, Trip. First, let me express my deepest gratitude to you and the podcast. I've listened to hundreds of episodes. Can't thank you enough. After 20 years of marriage and divorce three years ago in my mid-40s, I... I'm still extremely good at cold approach with no anxiety whatsoever and can always get women talking. I have a decent amount of success getting phone numbers when they don't have a boyfriend or a husband with a typical percentage of them not responding when I reach out. When I do go out on a date with a woman, I'm finding that most of them don't escalate sexually and there's not a spark even if we go out on a few fun dates. Whether first meeting a woman in a cold approach or even after a couple dates with a particular woman, I'm either too nice and respectful or I'm too forward. It doesn't end up with them being attracted to me. So my question is, do you have any tips on how to find that middle ground between being too nice and respectful and just coming out in an unfiltered forward way that's too direct? Thanks so much for answering this question. I'd appreciate if you could leave my name anonymous. That would be great. Okay. So anonymous, this is great. And it's such a great question. And one of the things that obviously you know this once once this clicks is going to be game over right in a good way so it's a little bit hard to know for certain that this is the problem i just want to make that clear i can give you advice on this but it is possible that 
it doesn't have to do with the fact that you're either being too nice or respectful or you're being too assertive. So just understand that. Now, what could that be? I don't know. Hard to say, right? That's something that you'd have to maybe try and figure out. But I will do my best to still answer this question and we'll say maybe this is the specific issue. I just want you to look out for maybe anything else that it could possibly be that's not making these women want to stick around. So it could be maybe just the conversation that you're having, which doesn't have to do with being too nice or being too assertive. Maybe it's just boring. Maybe you're talking too much. Maybe you're not talking enough. Pay attention to some of those little details. But back to this question, how do you find that middle ground? So yes, being too nice might be a problem and being too aggressive might be a problem as well. It is true. You're going to find that 9.9 times out of 10, women are not going to sexually escalate with you. And so you have to make that move. So I'm going to give you some tips on what the middle ground could look like. So first, with physical escalation, you always want to go for a kiss at the least. Okay, Something you can test out if you want to go middle ground here is by doing a first kiss on the date but not trying to get them back to your place. Now, you didn't give me a lot of details here, so I don't know what you're doing exactly that's being too forward, but I would imagine something too forward is going to be way more than just going for a kiss, trying to get her back to your place, trying to escalate fast to sex. So just as a way to test, still go for the kiss. Don't do anything more than that. Also, in some ways, as much as you might hear from myself or maybe other coaches out there that you want to, you know, be as sexual as fast as you can, that can hurt you in a lot of these cases, like where we might be seeing. And also it might show an over eagerness. So just be careful there. Just know that there's still a time and a place where you guys can have sex. It might just not be on that first date. Now with being unfiltered, I'm guessing when you say that and you mean by the things that you're saying, be great to have you on here so I can ask you. I'd love to know what you're saying that's so unfiltered, but it's always going to be good to lean on the unfiltered side because the unfiltered side still is going to be more polarizing, which is going to, in the end, be more interesting. So whatever you're doing now that you're saying you're, you're being unfiltered, it could be possible that you're doing this to too much of a degree. You're saying things that are too polarizing. You're being... Uh, I don't know, just maybe too aggressive with your words. Whatever you're doing there, just simple, man. Just cut that in half. Whatever you're saying and the verbal things that you're saying to be more unfiltered, cut that by half and don't go all the way to the other side, right? That's kind of obvious advice. Like I think that you're trying to make up for what you're doing and what you're lacking. So you just go to each extreme when it's sometimes really simple to just half that. I did that right now with an example of being physical and, and escalating physically. If you're escalating too much, half that. Now, to diagnose this issue, if everything I'm saying to you is like, well, you're already doing that. You're not being too polarizing in what you're saying. You're not being too aggressive there. You are going for the kiss and nothing else, and it's still not working, then there's something else 100% going on. This has nothing to do with being too nice or being too respectful or not being respectful enough or whatever it is. You said here... There's not a spark, even if we go out on a few fun dates. And that's what's really clicking with me out of everything you're saying here, that there's not a spark. So 
I wonder, I'm guessing that you feel a spark or you feel something. And if you don't, well, that just means you haven't found the woman that you're really interested in. But I'm assuming that you do find some of these women interesting enough that you'd want to see them again, but they're rejecting you. If you're not feeling that spark, you're probably talking about the wrong things. You might be even going at this a little too robotic. You might not be trying to really connect with them on that emotional level that I've been talking about. One thing that I think might help you a lot with this is the 36 question study. So you can type into Google 36 questions or you can get my book. It's a chapter on it. But if you want this to be fast, just go into Google, type in 36 questions that make a girl fall in love with you. And you can find all these questions. That's my most practical advice to be able to connect with someone because you're going to be asking questions that might offer a little bit more vulnerability. So I wonder if you're going on these dates and you're just way too boring and factual. My advice too is if some of this is not helping and you're unaware of what is actually going on, you might need a coach. So you might need someone to dissect what is happening. One of the things we do here over at TripAdvice is we give guys mock dates. So we have women on staff that will do a mock date with you, whether in person or over Zoom, and you do a mock date with them to see how you're acting on a date and you actually get feedback from that woman, which is pretty incredible. And it has gotten guys to the point where they've been able to fix all those little areas that they're messing up on dates to be able to actually get a woman to want to see them again. So we do that in the TripAdvice coaching program. You can check that out at tripadvicecoaching.com where you can apply to work with one of us here at TripAdvice and we can help you with these dates. So that's what I'd recommend to you if you implement some of this stuff and it's not working out or you just want to get right to it and start fixing this issue. Hope that helps. Anonymous, you know, again, some of that common sense advice, whatever you're doing, cut in half and see where it takes you. Hope that helps today, guys. Some really good questions. Write in to me, trip at tripadvice.com. And of course, you know, I do appreciate the nice compliments as well as the questions. So thank you for um, Michael who wrote in and, and wrote that very nice review. I appreciate it. And you know what to do. If you need help, go to Trip Advice Coaching. And if you want to check out my program where you can see how it looks in person to be flirting with women, then check it out. Infield Breakdown is the name. Link in the show notes. I'll talk to you on the next episode.